The Switch is on, Battleline Podcast, episode 50. And we brought it for the Big 5-0 with one of our biggest guests yet to appear on the show. None other than Diamond Dallas Page, wrestling legend. Really excited um, for you guys to hear this interview. He gets into some stories that you've probably never heard before. Um, before we get right into that, you've heard us talk about CBD on the podcast and Ned, which has been so helpful to both me and Chris when it comes to sleeping, when it comes to just being less uh, on edge during the day and all different types of things that you've heard us talk about and that you can look up the many benefits of CBD for health issues. But right now, Ned is really pushing their new sleep blend. 50 million Americans suffer from sleep disorders. Many of them are prescribed sleeping pills and subsequently become addicted. You hear about this all the time. We hear about the uh, opioid dependency in America and uh, especially with veterans, guys getting hooked on all different types of things, including sleeping pills. There's a better way. So Ned created it. Sleep deeper for longer and wake up refreshed. Ned's Sleep Blend is a natural path to steady, consistent, and deeper sleep. This tincture blends CBN, a powerful cannabinoid that promotes sleep, with 750 milligrams of CBD made from the world's purest single-source full-spectrum hemp oil, and organic and wild-crafted botanicals used in traditional medicine to foster rest. Want to know more about CBN? Cannabinoid CBN is a cannabis compound that occurs naturally as the cannabis plant ages. Previously seen as a throwaway byproduct, it has recently been recognized as an all-natural way to catch some Zs. During this podcast, you're going to hear us talk about health in general, eating right, fitness, and the other major Part of just living a good lifestyle is your sleep, your recovery. If you're not getting a good night's sleep, your workouts are not going to be on point, your recovery is not going to be on point in general, and you're probably going to be in a bad mood. I know when I'm not getting a good night's sleep, I have all different types of issues. So if you're in that uh, in that realm right now and you need something to help you out, this is it. So if you want to check out Ned and try their CBD or their new sleep blend for yourself, we have a special offer for the Battleline audience. Go to helloned.com slash Battleline or simply enter Battleline at checkout at helloned.com for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Battleline get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. You guys are going to dig this. Make sure you check them out. And for you shooters out there, if you are yet to shoot with Fort Scott, I do not know what you're waiting for. Fort Scott Munition is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI, their trademark tumble-upon-impact ammunition, outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. That's no bullshit. You check out the YouTube videos out there of people shooting with Fort Scott, and it's all 
stellar reviews. Fort Scott is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order, only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. Hit the music. Let's get right into it. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. Joining us for the first time on Battle Line Podcast, legendary Diamond Dallas Page, wrestling legend and former WCW WWE champion, creator of DDPY. You've seen him as Billy Ray Snapper in The Devil's Rejects, directed by Rob Zombie, of course. Uh, first of all, man, just such an honor to have you on here. I've met you probably, I'm thinking, like 15, 13 years ago at this point, and you're always just a class act and down-to-earth guy, so glad to do this. I'm happy to be on it. I'm going to switch chairs around, picks me up a little bit higher. Just give me one second. Yeah, no, no rush, man. By the way, I see all the stuff on the wall, Chris. I'm like, that is badass. There's definitely <laughs> some stories there. This is this is my. Uh, it's way bigger than just a man cave. I end up. Uh, I end up getting. Let me see. Hold on here. Hold on. Put something else here too. I had my uh, girlfriend set this up, but uh, her and Steve, and that to me, it's, it's, when you see shit behind me, it's not what you want them to see. This room is really a cool ass room. It is. Uh, I can tell. Let's see if that's a little bit better. Nah, fuck it. Yeah, no, you're you're good, man, and it's just audio. But um, you know, what was the first thing I wanted well, to get audio. into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we get into DDPY and everything, and you have some amazing stories of people who really turn their lives around, including veterans through dude doing DDPY. A lot of people don't realize you got into wrestling way later in the game than most people. You were already in your 30s when you just started, right? Well. Yeah, let me give you all the way to back. At 23, I tried it. And I had three matches. I sucked. Uh, you know, I hurt my knee. And I was in 1979. And wrestling, you know, I, I got I got to run my first nightclub. And it was a small little rock and roll joint. And I got sucked in with the booze, the broads, and the party. I was having so much fun, I forgot about the goal. And then later the eighties came along and wrestling blew up insanely. And I was so pissed that I wasn't a part of it, that I let my distraction of fun take me away from what the goal of what I really wanted to do. And so I stopped watching completely until one night I was flicking the channels and I saw this dude with a leather jacket on and a boa, crazy sunglasses and a do-rag with Gorilla Monsoon, and his name was Jesse Ventura, Jesse the Body. And he sucked me in 
Yeah, I thought this guy is cool as shit. And then the first guy to come through the curtain was a guy with a bag over his shoulder, Jake Snake Roberts. And I was back in as a fan. And so Jake would come to my club of years later. And when I first was your know, nightclub business started for me in New Jersey, but I worked all over. I worked, uh, um, I worked in, um, uh, California, San Francisco. I worked in Florida. Uh, I worked in uh, in Texas, and now I had a really sweet club in Fort Myers, Florida, and we were packed, over a thousand people. And a guy walked in the door. I'd seen on my camera in the back of the office. A guy walked in, looked like Jake the Snake, and I was like, "God damn, that guy looks just—he looks a lot like him." So I ran around the outside of the club, and I walked in. And I said to my uh, my girl at the door, I go, Judy, did a guy just walk in here looking like Jake the Snake Roberts? She goes, yeah. Everybody <laughs> thinks him. So I ran in there, you know. And, uh, and when I saw him, I slowed down and just casually walked up to him. And I said, hey, man, I go, you Jake the Snake Roberts? Who wants to know? <laughs> the guy who runs this place, he goes, yeah, what can I do for you? I Great said, what are we drinking? What, what, what are we drinking? And that's how Jake and I started. And because Fort Myers on the west coast of Florida, the WWE would run Tampa, and then they'd run Miami or vice versa. But in the middle, that's like, that's almost 300 miles. In the middle was, you know, Fort Myers. So Jake didn't pay for anything. I've got pictures of Ted DiBiase, <laughs> head upside down with a bottle of tequila streaming in his mouth. I wasn't even in the business then. Uh, Bushwhackers, Janetti uh, uh, and Michaels. I mean, so many of the guys came through. Because, again, they had this Mark, who was a big fan, who wasn't going to charge me. Treated them like like gold, and then I I decided to make a videotape of me and guys who wanted to be wrestlers at 31 because I thought I was way too old to start wrestling, and um, I made this videotape and I sent it to the AWA, and just happened at that time Paul Lee Dangerously, now better known as Paul Heyman. He left the AWA and went to the NWA, and it left a huge void for a guy who could talk. But before he had left, I'd sent this tape in, and these guys called me up, this guy Rob Russell, and he's like, I'm looking for Diamond Dallas Page. No one had ever called me that before. And I was like, you're, you're talking to him? Who am I speaking to? He goes, this is Rob Russell from the AWA. And... Um, we like your tape. You want to bring, I made three guys, made up three guys, big, bad John, put a, you know, a construction helmet on them, chains around them, dirtied them up, ripped up his t-shirt. Um, a guy, rock hard Rick, who was literally, you know, maybe five, maybe six foot and 260 shredded, a good looking son of a bitch, really good looking dude. And um, uh, a, a guy named, I called Ted E. Bear, who was a midget, and he walked out with 
my diamond dolls. And all that shit happened in my nightclub, just talking shit one night. That's how it happened. And uh, I thought, I'll be sending it to him. He sees the tape. Like, we like your stuff. We want to bring you and your boys in for a tryout. But we've got one question. Like, where are you guys working at? No one's ever heard of you. And I was like, well, um, Rob, none of those guys can wrestle. And he was like, what? Why would you send me a tape? Because it's like a stupid society. No one can be right out of here. And, you know, and I could manage in the meantime, you know, while they are uh, learning how to wrestle. And it was, don't call us, we'll call you. But like I said, Paul Heyman, he left two weeks later. <clears throat> and Greg Gagne called me up this time. And he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fly you in. We're going to put you up at the showboat. We're going to give you a tag team. And we're going to see what you got. That's your audition. I ended up managing Bad Company. Won the world tag team titles. Uh, worked there for about a year and a half. And then I won the Florida Championship Wrestling. Dusty loved me. Uh, he loved my energy. He brought me in as a color commentator, which I was like, dust. Uh, I, I just had met him. You know, he's, 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 he's as much as, he's as, to me, as big as it got. Dusty Rhodes was one of the greatest of all time. And here I am talking to him about me coming in to manage. And he ends up telling me he wants me to be the Jeffy Ventura of the 90s. <laughs> and I was, I was like, Dusty, uh, I don't know a wrist lock from a wristwatch. He said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about a kid. Golden Foley going to walk you through it all. <laughs> so that, for a year and a half more, color commentating and uh, managing guys. And again, I'm making no money. I'm in this three and a half years. And then AWA goes away. Florida Championship Wrestling goes away. Nothing. Dusty's up in WWE with a polka-dotted guy. And I was lucky because I tell people all the time, it's not about who you know or who knows you. It's about who's willing to say they know you, who's willing to pick up the phone and make a call for you. And Dusty did that for me. He tried to get me in there when they were looking for Jesse Ventura's replacement. I knew I was not that guy, but I thought maybe I could manage up there. But because I was so tall um, and big, broad shoulders, you know, kind of, you know, killed me as a manager there. Um, and Dusty eventually uh, left WWE and I heard he was going to the NWA or WCW at the time. And, I I couldn't believe it over the two years that we didn't see each other. I probably called him eight times, you know, never trying to be, a, a, I call it pleasantly persistent. I didn't want to lose my relationship with him. And Yeah, it, it sounds like it wasn't, I need a job type of thing. It was, it was just a friendly relationship. I didn't want to lose a relationship. I mean, it's Dusty Rhodes. And he was the coolest son of a bitch you've ever met. And if he loved you, he friggin', he would he would talk to you straight, and um, 
And uh, bottom line is, it was really, and I think, I just watched it the other day. I watched my induction speech where Bischoff did such a great job, but it would have been dusty if he was alive. And Bish talks about that. Uh, but I, I not only thank Dusty, but I thanked his wife, Michelle, because I know I would not have gotten those calls back if it wasn't for Cody Rhodes' mom, you know, <laughs> because Dusty sucks on the phone. But she <laughs> make sure you call Dallas, Dusty. And he would. And we kept our relationship going. And um, then I came up to WCW. He gave me one guarantee, 350 bucks a night, no guarantee of nights. And I sold out my piece of my nightclub. I uh, had maybe about, I went through money as fast as I made it back then. So I probably had about five grand in my pocket when I got here to Atlanta. And I, I forgot to disconnect the drive shaft of my Mercedes and I transmission that cost me like 4300 so i was pretty much broke um living with one of my best friends from high school he gave me a, a room for 400 bucks a month and uh started managing and you know i did that for you know probably about seven months or so eight months uh by that time i had the Freebirds and i created scott hall's gimmick he was now the diamond stud and um, at some point, Magnum TA came up to me and he said, uh, listen, D, we're going to let you keep doing color commentating, which I was doing color commentating with Eric Bischoff at the time. Who's uh, who's a legend? I mean, I know you this is the second time you mentioned him. Bischoff's amazing. I, I just I love him. Uh, me too. You know, and. I got great stories about him in a second. If you want to hear, bottom line is we were we were living across from each other, um, and we knew each other from the AWA. We got because of a we met because of a really met because of a pull apart fight, and between me and him, and uh, we were both shit faced. <laughs> and um, uh, they said they're gonna Magnum said we're gonna let you keep doing color with Bischoff. It's not going to affect you. By that time, I had a deal. I'd say I had seven months left on my one-year contract. And uh, you're all, we're going to let you do the play-by-play, -play, but and but we can't let you manage anymore. And I'm like, why? TA, what, what did I do wrong? I'll fix it. What did I do wrong? He goes, truthfully, you didn't do anything wrong. He goes, it's not your fault. He goes, but the hair, the you know, the clothes, the wrap, the bling, the dolls, you know, people aren't paying attention. And Scott Hall warned me about it. He had warned me a couple times, something like, D, you're taking too much attention away from what we're doing in the ring. And I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I thought I knew what I was talking about. And he was right. And Magnum said, he said, I said, wait a second, Magnum, are you telling me that I am too over the top for professional wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> he, he laughed. He laughed. And he said, well, as a manager, yes, you are. As a, 
you know, one of you know, if you were what we should have done is put you in a pair of tights and boots and see if you could do this. And he kind of laughed, not at me, but at the thought of this 35 and a half year old man would get into the ring and even try to attempt to do it. And I thought about it, man, like a split decision. I knew. I knew exactly what I was going to do. And I never got into the business to be a manager or a color commentator. I got in the business because I wanted to wrestle. I wanted to be I want I wanted to be one of the boys. I wanted to live the childhood dream. And I I'm I'm going. It's my last match. I'm managing the Freebirds. I'll never forget this as long as I live. Um we're at the curtain. Before we go out, me, Jimmy Jam Garvin, Michael P.S. Hayes, the new Freebirds, and as they come walking up, I said, you heard they're not going to let me manage you guys anymore. And Michael, who was a bit of really, I met Michael when I was in AWA, and he just liked me. And we would become really close. And he uh, he's another guy that would call me back when he really didn't have to. I was nobody. We'd met one time in the AWA, got numbers, and we we stayed friends. Yeah, you know, we talked. When I first came in to manage them, Michael had to say yes or no, of course. And Dusty was just trying to give them something different to change them up a little bit. And I get there. I'll come back to that back to that curtain call in a second. But when I first show up and I get to meet Jimmy, who I know exactly who he is, I mean, two of the the greatest talkers of the 80s, Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin. They don't need anyone to talk for them. But Hayes said, we're going to do this different, Jimmy. He said, I want Dallas to do the talking. What we're going to do is have our backs to the camera, D, and you walk right in between us and talk that shit. And talk about being baptism under fire. And they loved it. <laughs> I'd love to be able to, I wish I could find that interview somewhere. Um, so now here it is. Oh, maybe nine months later, 10 months later, because I didn't have a contract in the beginning for a while. Um, so it probably was about nine months, 10 months later. And now I'm telling them, they're not going to let me manage you guys anymore. And Mike goes, yeah, man, I heard, but, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, bro. And I said, it's okay, bro. It's forcing me into a position. I never got in this to be a manager. I said, I'm going to go down to power plant. I'm going to learn how to wrestle. And if Michael was drinking milk at the time, it would come through his nose. He was laughing so hard. <laughs> Literally, like, just burst into tears they thought it was the funniest thing they ever, Michael fell down. Like, it was like, I was like, fuck you. We're playing on I'm going to the ring. Now I'm going to go. That was in 1990, I believe. 1996 rolls around. I believe it was January. And 
I have a match on Sting on Nitro. With Sting on Nitro. Now, I'm not the top guy yet. I'm still that middle guy. You know, I got no real titles except for uh, the, the television title. Really don't have much behind me still. You know, it was beginning in 96. And we had a hell of a fucking match. I mean, like, I mean, I literally watched it back because someone told me it was one of their favorite matches with me as a heel. And I watched it back. I picked up the phone and I called Sting. And we haven't connected yet, but we've talked to each other's voicemail. But I was just thanking him for giving me everything he gave me because Sting didn't have to give me shit. But all those guys like that, they respected how hard I worked. And um, so it's the next day. And to me, it was a really good match. It wasn't like what would be me and Sting when I dropped the world title to him in 1999 and we were going home and they told me they needed five more minutes and we just blew that place apart. It wasn't that match, but it was still a damn good match. And so I was feeling pretty good. And um, I'm home. It's Tuesday and I hear the phone ring and I'm letting it go to the machine. And I hear, age, it's P.S. Listen. And he starts talking. So I run to the phone because I don't want to leave that shot and pick up the phone like, hey, Mike, man, what's up? He's like, God damn. I go, son of a bitch. I go, Mike, Mike, you're right. Motherfucker. I go, Michael, what the fuck's happening? He goes, he goes, Pike, you know how sometimes you call somebody and you don't want them to answer the fucking phone? <laughs> you a message? I said, yeah, do you want me to hang up so you can leave the message? And he said, no, fuck it, you're on the phone. He said, I got to tell you, Paige, I have never been so happy to eat crow in my entire life. That's like the ultimate victory. The ultimate. It was like the greatest compliment from a guy to me. If Michael P.S. Hayes was in the wrestling business right now and he was 19, 20, 21, you wouldn't even see anybody else out there because he would be such a blinding quasar. He was just, he was one of the great, I mean, he could do everything. You know, he wasn't the greatest worker, but he was a damn good worker. But his personality and charisma blows everyone away right now. Everyone. And, and just because it was just so wrestling 80s, you know? It's just a different time. Not that the guys don't have charisma because Cody's got a ridiculous amount of charisma. And it ain't his daddy's charisma. It's Cody's charisma. You know what I mean? You know, freaking Drew McIntyre got a shitload of charisma, you know, and believable son of a bitch, you know. Um, but Michael just had something special that was unique. And he said to me, he said, you know, seen your match last night and everybody up here seen it. 
damn page. So proud of you. Click. <laughs> it just hung up on me. <laughs> like he was leaving a message. It was yep. classic. Those, those back in those those days too. The because you had the MTV that was helping with the with the wrestling. They were big into it. When you got, I remember watching Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou Albano and them jumping. It, it was such a it was such a better to me more enjoyable time. So their flamboyancy may be there now, but it's nothing. It can never match the flamboyancy back then because it was it's just a special time. It was like everything the cosmos all aligned perfectly. And the characters aligned perfectly, and the athleticism aligned perfectly. I mean, just you know, the guys doing flips and jumping, and, oh, it was it was amazing. So I, I actually, but what I was thinking, uh, I was is, is I've heard so much about the power plant. Can you go in a little bit of that? How hard was that training? What did they put you through? What was like a typical day? Because I, I, I mean, I me with what I do, I love hearing about the hard hardness training that people don't see behind the scenes. Well, there they beat the <laughs> shit. You know, it was almost it was almost like a sign of trying to run you off. Like I had already heard about it. So the next day I told Magnum, I said, I'm going out of power plant. I have seven months left in my contract. I'm gonna learn how to wrestle. But before I went there, I waited about 10 days and I started doing, you know, uh Hack squats where you yep. you go to ninety, you come up, and you go ninety, you come yep. up. You do, yep. you, you, it's like you'll sit, you sit on uh, a big five count, uh, five gallon paint can, so you you don't ever sit there. Your ass just goes that low. And how they would do it, they would, you would do fifty, and then you do ten push ups, and then you do fifty. And 10 push-ups, 50, and 10 push-ups. When you got to 150 of those things, your legs are like spaghetti. Yeah. We're going to 500. Yeah. 500. And no stop between the push-ups and the squats. So you did that. So I was a condition where I could go to 350, 400 before spaghetti legs completely took over. And about those last hundred, it took a couple of months for I to really do it. And then they put you in the ring, if you're green, and basically asked you to really wrestle. Like, when the fuck am I ever going to need this? You know? And thank God I had a little bit of experience. I was a basketball player. But I loved wrestling, so sure. I'd yeah. go and work out with the wrestlers. You know, I, I loved it. It was my two, two of my buddies who wrestled like 103 and – one twelve, whatever it was, both little guys, they'd stretch the shit out of me back in high school. You know, they like having two midgets on TV. But um, they were really good, too. Um, but they get you in there. Then you hit the ropes. And when you're hitting the ropes, like, you can't imagine how much that really hurts in the beginning until you get used to it. You'll be bruised all the way up underneath your armpit down in the middle of your uh, your rib cage. And then later, then it's bump. And in the beginning, there's nothing, there's nothing that is natural about falling flat on your back. Absolutely nothing. 
You want to take your arm, your left to your arm, right arm back, and you start falling, just start to brace yourself. That's true. Well, yeah. that's how you that's how you jam your elbow to elbow. maybe tear your rotator cuff. I mean, anything could happen. So those first, I'd say first three months, because the gym was freezing. It's a warehouse. You know, there's three rings in it. And it's cold. And nobody, except for a couple guys, really know anything. Because there's so many young guys coming up wanting to and thinking they know because they watch wrestling. And then they realize it's nothing like that for what you've got to start out learning to do. So you just take one bump after another after another. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I, I mean, I literally thought to myself, this fake shit hurts like that. <laughs> well, uh, no, like I, it really fucking hurts. And a lot of times I ask myself, especially that first three months, are you sure you really want to do this? And we have a new documentary coming out. It starts from where I blow my back out and DDPY. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to get into that because I, I know that you've everything that you're speaking of right now kind of plays into what you later did and are yeah, currently right, doing. Right because yeah. as as you've spoken about these exercises you're talking about, these workouts you did, especially lifting heavy weight nonstop for decades as you did, you had injuries that just couldn't be solved. And and yeah. from what I know, you say yoga, which is now DDPY, changed your life. And and it goes yeah, good with injury. veterans too. We got it. We got it. That's why we want to put because our injuries, as long as I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I watching and we'll get into this a little bit. I know Ian will. I, I watched that video where you helped that Air Force veteran from going basically could walk and then it was DDPY and now he's 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 moving around. I mean, it's just tremendous, tremendous moral uh, and intestinal fortitude that, that you've helped with. So yeah, I, I getting your injuries, so knowing your injuries and then that plays to hey guys. This guy was injured as fuck all the time. Now look at him. And this <laughs> is how he did it. So, it's, yeah, it's, totally so I, it's amazing. When I, when, at the end of the night, the trainer. First of all, when I was wrestling, when I'm starting, I I have to ice my knees and my back yeah. <laughs> after every session. Now, understand when I went on the road, and people saw me icing my body. This is 1991, 92, 93, yeah. 94, even up to 95, no one, no one iced their body but me. No one knew how to recover. There was no recovery. Nobody knew how to do that, did they? You know, they, they thought it, it was a macho thing. So you know what it was? It was a stupidity thing. Because I tried to tell you know, now they have trainers. You get hurt. What's the first thing they do? They put get, ice on you. Put ice on it. Get the inflammation out of it. Yeah. Get the inflammation exactly. and make it stop dark. Make it stop hurting right off the bat. Yeah, definitely. I'll give you a great example. Buff Bagwell. I'm 36. He's 22. And it's after one of our match. You know, he's had a match. I had a match. And. You know, I'm, I'm beat up, you know, 
and he's jumping around like he fucking hit the lottery because he's freaking ready to go out for tonight. And I just looked at him and I go, fuck. Well, he was just Marcus then. I was like, Marcus, aren't you ever sore? He goes, nope, never. If you look at me, that was, he's 22, that's 27 years ago. You look at me now at 64 and him at 48, <clears throat> Marcus can't do anything I can do. He's beat up. Yeah. He can't do anything. That, that I, I'm talking about my strongman shit. Sure. My shit blows people away because of my program. Because DDPY isn't just yoga. It's it's a combination. And I'll get to that in a minute. But Mark, but Marcus, he didn't think he needed any of that. Lex Luger, who I love, is in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, friggin' Animal just passed at 60. Yeah, I just saw that, and I saw your tribute to him. Yeah. I mean, like, God. By the way, can I just ask, does anybody know what happened? Is it steroid-related? Is it? No, no, he's not in that. He, was, like, he hadn't done that probably in decades. Because Animal is a big, natural dude. Uh, but... Where he, I, I'm really close with Johnny and Marcus, his, his younger brother, because Marcus, is, he, he does my program all the time. And he told Animal, he got him going for a while there, but he just, you know, he's that old school meathead, you know? And I, mean, I love Joe, man. He was such a, such a great guy. The, all, all those Laroditis boys are. And, uh, you know, for to think that he left at 60, man. So young, but Marcus was like, you know, D, I wasn't surprised. His son, I mean, his, his, his brother, he wasn't surprised because he wasn't taking care of himself, you know, the way he needed to. And when you're beat up, like I watch a lot of, I can remember, you know, me speaking and getting to know so many professional athletes. And when they get to the end of their career, they literally go into, it's kind of like somebody being retired. It's like, I worked my whole life. I'm not working anymore. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Like, you got to stay active. You're retired. You got to stay active. If not, you're going to die early. As, a, as an athlete, when you stop, the first thing you need to do is to figure out what you're going to be, what's going to be your exercise yeah. program for the rest of your life. And, and I, if I could just jump in here, I know Chris has seen the exact same thing with veterans. They go from doing deployment after deployment, really breaking their body down. And then you've seen it, Chris. They go home and they do absolutely exercise. You atrophy. I mean, I'm 50, and but I'm still out there running four miles. I'm out there working out, doing a stretch. Actually, I don't do the yoga. I have a little exercise. I do Pilates. I, I, I do it. It's just stre stretching is so important. And in Diamond Dallas, Got the ice pack right here on my lower back from running. <laughs> so, I didn't even see that. So, nice. so with with you know icing and, and guys don't understand. We get older. Yeah, yeah, you are that machismo thing that you go through. And oh, I don't need. I'm I'm not going to get injured. No, you take care of your body, and your body will last longer. It's just like a car taking it in for a checkup or making sure things are working well. It's your body's the same way. And and the stretching. That's when I the you know, I yoga or or actually i do like the pilates i really do and it does stretch even when you get in the iron chair and you do the sadomasochist stuff <laughs> they have you do it on some of the reformers but the stretching you don't realize how important stretching is. stretching and ice to, to maintaining as you get older and that's the reason i can still run but uh, every ranger that you will meet 
we've all shrunk an inch or an inch and a half because of the jumps Jeez. and also the and also the the rucks that we used to carry. I used to be I did five eleven. I'm five nine now, and I'm not joking. Start oh no, you're always five nine. No, we all because of that compression. It's the only way to 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 not go into where you're like you said sitting in a wheelchair or being being invalid not invalid not being able to move. You have to find out what can I do next to continue to keep my athleticism up as we get older. And brother, your program fits right in with with what guys need to do because they get still do the weight stuff. They still do the running stuff. They forget how important stretching. They forget how important flexibility is. And that's that's I I, I want you to back me up on that because I can't convince guys left or right that hey you need to stretch your stuff. You need to get your IT bands worked out. So. Uh, and that, that's that's why I think it's so important, and your program's so important for veterans as well. Um, well, first of all, I just literally did a commercial about that, that they don't take time for stretching. You see, DDPY is all three. It's strength. It's an example of strength. People won't go sit at home, but you see what I've been sitting in the chair talking, being able to stand here and talk to you, and grab either one of my feet and take it and pull over my head and have a conversation with you. This is <laughs> that's, that's core that's strength right cool. there, guys. That's balance and core strength. That's awesome. And and Dallas is in his 60s. 64 and a half. So what I can also do, I developed. Have you ever heard of BFR training? I, I have not. I, have I, don't, not. I don't know about you, Chris. Chris is nope. making said no as well. BFR has been around when it comes to rehabilitation. Um, you've heard of Dr. Andrews in Birmingham? Yeah. He's like the guy. Like, you tear your quads like Kevin Nash, Torres Quads, Triple H. Uh, I mean, I don't care what athlete. From our world to NBA, NFL, the number one guy for arthroscopic surgery is Dr. Andrews and his place where they do rehab. Now, I came across what I call today DDPY jacked straps. And what they are is what they're, they're blood flow restriction bands okay. that are a tourniquet style. So, when I'm in the middle of doing my workout, which when these are these are my jacked workouts because I had sets and reps to it. Let's use an example of if we're in a lunge and I, if you had two dumbbells and they were 40 pounds and you'd be pulling them up, three, two, one. Now, negative rep, deep breath, pull them down again. Count it up, three, two, two. Take away the dumbbells. Just do it. It's called isokinetics. I call it dynamic resistance. Flexing and engaging. So it's still going to tighten and build, not massively build, but it's going to get your arms like so. It's almost like doing curls, but there's no there's no resistance. There's no shock on the, the elbows, the shoulders, the knees, etc. Now, with BFR, these, these jack straps, when we, when I say jack them up, as you turn them, they're getting tighter sure, around yeah. the top muscle on your left and right bicep. And it doesn't matter if you're doing curls, laterals, militaries. 
when you've got it in the jack spot, the blood flow that comes to your body, the only way I, I, I right now I'm, we're going down to interview uh, Tim, who is the, he's 50 years old. He's the number one uh, rehab specialist at Dr. Andrews um, at his uh, rehab center. And BFR, he uses on everybody because it rushes blood to the area which helps to heal the area. And you can be doing next to nothing. Now, the reason why these straps, as I call them, um, the reason why it hasn't taken off mainstream is because it's mainly rehabilitation. That's where the setting is. When you're weightlifting, say you're doing 270, say you're doing 300 pounds on the bench. Put on 205. Jack them up. Do them. No wear and tear on your elbows. You're getting the same but better. Later on, after you guys get done, I'm going to challenge you both to just try to do four 10-second push-ups. And what you're going to do is lower 10, 9, 8, like a hydraulic shift. When you get the one, you're going to be three inches off the ground. And you're Don't forget, Chris, Chris is an army ranger, so I'm sure Chris has done probably Not way crazier the, than the, the, Maybe the, me, I don't know. But. Uh, isometric and isokinetic exercises are, are amazing. Body weight exercises, people don't realize how much you can improve. You don't need all that weight that kills your joints. You can do the isokinetic, isometric. But I am, I am interested in the... And the BFR, Bravo Fox Shot Romeo, BFR bands, is that what they're called? <laughs> I've never thought of it. I, I I mean, I got tourniquets downstairs. I can go throw a cat tourniquet on right now. And if, But but I'd like to see if, if what's gonna, made for it. I'm yeah. going to send you a pair of these, all right? Oh, that'd be sweet. So, oh. but, but without the bands, I don't care who you are. I've blown away tons of Marines fucking – See, not never any seals or rangers, but I got a kid right near me now who's a green beret who's working with me and now working for me. Um, the bottom line is, I just want you to try to do four. If you can do four, do five. If you do five, do six. You're going to lower for 10, hold three inches off the ground for 10, and then come up like a, like a hydraulic shift 10, nine, eight, seven. When you get to the top, that's one. That's tough. It's going to be some serious core strength, I can tell. It's, just, it's tough. Big you're going to get so much, so much. You're going to fatigue. Those are great. And and then do them elevated. Actually, I used to, I, I always said smoke my privates. So it always sounds funny when I say it that way. But when I was at Tab Spec 4, one of the team leader, that's something that we would do for punishment. Or those. Right. And, and, then, and then it would tell, but we'd elevate their feet or you get them on a tree. And those, no, I, I, you don't have to tell me they're hard. I know I, I still include those in my workout and I'd be hard pressed to do five. Maybe I probably could do four right now, but it's when you're doing it and you're doing the true 10 count, not as you get more tired, you speed it up. <laughs> so number four, you're going yeah. nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. And right. Plenty of people do that. I, so, I, when I'm no, tired, you nobody's want. watching. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Man, I'm glad that last. But 
I, I, I agree. I, those are, I implement those in my workout after and after a run, uh, because they, they work pushups work pushups. You don't realize and I hate the army change their PT test that they, I mean, I get all the cool stuff, all the CrossFit stuff that you got the dynamic, but pushups work, pushups and pull-ups work. And they test are a true test of endurance if you're doing them correctly. A hundred percent. So my point is, was the, was about the, the straps. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to get more than 10. And I only got it probably, probably got it two or three times. Then I started using the straps. In four months on my 64th birthday, now I'd gotten 10, like four or five times since I started on doing the BFR. And thought today, red light, turn the camera on. I got a video of me doing 11. And then I got down and I held it there. And when I'm starting to push up, right around, I don't know, three, four seconds in, I had to lower one knee to finish the 12. Well, my point is, is that the DDPY jack straps are not just, my workout isn't about stretching. It's about stretching and strengthening muscles, ligaments, and tendons. That's the stuff that keeps you from getting hurt. That's what keeps you young. And the the size that I put on over this period and how lean I got, because I actually showed up on AEW, which is uh, on uh, back on TNT back in January, and I did a six-man tag. And Blue at 63. I never would have been able to do it without the program, but I never would have been able to do look the way I looked at that level without the straps. So I'm going to send it to you because you'll really do them, but you got to commit. I'm going to send it to you. You got to commit to do my program for three months. Yeah. You you got, I, I'm always, I'm, an av- both Ian and I are avid workout, and I still, I still work out, and I have my little dungeon downstairs, so I have no excuse because I have a nice weight room in my house, and uh, I will, I will video. It. I do. I, if you send me those, I will start it, and I'll see if we can. I can do four, and I'll video it, and I'll put it up. I'll tag you in it, and then you can give me as much shit as you want, you pussy. What do you do? <laughs> uh, you can't do it. But I'll build up, and then set the goal, and then we'll set the goal for. I'm more about encouraging people to be positively unstoppable. You know, that's, that's what, and anybody who's bringing a ranger or seal, bringing green beret, like you guys know training and mindset at a whole different level. Yeah. But the negative reinforcement, if you, if you've worked with us, I know you have, you know, that works, that works. We don't want, Hey, you can do it. Shut up. I know I can do it. Call me something. Call me a name. I want you to get me. Don't don't tell me I can do it. Don't be positive. I know I can. I'm just being a wuss right now. Tell me I'm being a wuss. I can push through it. You don't get that. That's what I, we, that's why we bomb each other. We yell each other. You think we're being so mean. It's not, that's the reinforcement that we want to hear because we know we can do it. We're just, yeah, yeah, that, so you're okay calling me any name in the book you want. All it's going to do is like, all right, you, are, is that what you think, Mother Effer? All right, all right, I'll show you. And that, that's that's how the mind. So, yeah, I'm, look, I'm, looking, I'm forward looking forward to seeing forward that. To it. Hell, yeah. I can't wait to see the straps. That'll be doing funny, something man. different now over this year. I need something I wanted to, uh, 
Yeah, that's awesome. Sorry, yeah, sorry. That'd be awesome. Everybody. I I wanted to ask you something else, Dallas. Um, so we, uh, Chris and I, prior to setting up the interview, were talking about that great documentary, The Resurrection yeah. of Jake the that Snake, was, uh, which was shot quite a while ago. What's currently going on with him? Is is he back to where he was, or what's going on? So funny you say that too, because Jake was actually in the hospital this week because he got like a um, respiratory thing that going on, and, and and they only kept him for a day. And he's up and he's going and he's back on track. Um, but as far as being sober, he's been clean and sober, guys. God, like I don't even know this, Jake, because of the just the. In the positive attitude, the um, finally for the first time ever loves himself, you know, and he can't help people really love people. You know, he's got he's got his kids back again. Most of them he has eight kids. Holy um, crap. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Um, but he's he's doing great. You know, he's had this respiratory thing uh, mentally, though, he's been phenomenal. Uh, I've been talking to him every day since he had this respiratory thing. And I'm just so thankful that he didn't get COVID because you got a respiratory thing. Yeah. That's the first thing. You know, well, we could, and, we could probably get into that. You're the first guest we've had on the show who actually got COVID along with your girlfriend. Who's what? Like half your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to throw that out there. <laughs> hey, I got to have somebody that can keep up with me. <laughs> I love it. That's true. Oh. No, uh, yeah, no, that's but that's that's an testament to your to you know you know you make out of it, but you got over it because you're healthy and you know how to take care of yourself and your body at 63 still has the immune system to to fight off stuff like that. Which again, it's back to an testament of why people should should follow your program, why they should do what you're advising them to do to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Hope that you guys are enjoying this really in-depth interview that we did with ddp diamond dallas page he gave us plenty of time and we still have a lot more to go in this interview but i'm just jumping in here for a minute to tell you about some of the great sponsors that keep us going every week and doing what we're doing and allow us to bring on awesome guests to the show like diamond dallas page one of those being hero soap company who's doing amazing things with the 14th hour foundation and really giving back to the community I love Hero Soap. No chemicals, dyes, or fragrances in their products. No parabens that are found in common soaps that link to breast cancer and reproductive complications in men. They are veteran-owned and focused on veteran charities to build housing for vets in need. They also have this subscription in which uh, if you purchase it, they'll match the amount of soap that you purchase and send that same amount overseas to a deployed location. The subscription is shipped straight to your door every month, so no worry of running out. Dudes always run out of stuff before buying new or more, and that's why they do what they do. No contract. You can cancel at any time with that subscription. Let freedom clean is their slogan, or you can just check them out and uh, buy one bar at a time and see what you think. I love all the scents, the charcoal, lavender, uh, peppermint, spearmint. Some of my favorite stuff. I, I mean, I really just, I've tried them all at this point, I believe. And I'm always blown away. Such a different experience than getting the usual soap you're going to get from the grocery store, or CVS, uh, which, you know, not really good for you in the first place. 
But these are just, they're different, man. With the essential oils and all that, you'll love them. I can't speak more highly of them. Once you check them out, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. The peppermint and cool soap is, uh, yeah, it's a blast. <laughs> it's It's got a cooling sensation that you're going to love. So, uh, yeah, check them out. HeroSoapCompany.com. Use the offer code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order, whether you're ordering just a soap or the scrub or the subscription, which you can combine with 10% off uh, as well for that. So HeroSoapCompany.com, offer code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. And as of right now, that doesn't expire. So even if you've ordered with them before, you can use it again and order more. I know I have to reorder, so I'm going to get on that. And of course, Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Check out their Instagram. And uh, if you're just listening in the car and aren't able to go there right now, we always keep a link in the description. So you can go there. Use the offer code BATTLELINE. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and this podcast that you're listening to right now. Uh, With that, let's get back to Diamond Dallas Page. You know, it's, it's what you eat is so important. I, I'm coming off a of surgery I just had eight days ago that's um, reflux. You know, uh, do you guys yeah. got reflux at all? I, I get acid reflux. Actually, I, actually the v, I've, I've had it since uh, I got back from Afghanistan. Actually, VA takes care of me for it because I, I had it. Yeah, it can, it can get terrible. Care, right? Yep, yep. Well, here's what happens when you take the Prilosec, the Nexium. When it goes into your stomach, it nullifies the acid. All right, it's still there, but nothing like what you need in your stomach for digestion, for health. If you've got a healthy gut, your whole body's going to be healthy. Yeah. So yeah. I've, had this, I've had this shit for over 35 years. And my doc said it was bad, bad. So what they did, I didn't realize it, but I, I had a hiatal hernia because that means that your stomach pushed up into your up. Uh, into your diaphragm. So yeah. they had to go in, take the stomach, pull it down, bring the diaphragm, sew it back, and they did it just like you guys can see. I got all these. Oh, you got like these. you got like eight belly buttons going on there, man. Right, right. Um, but uh, they, what they did is, not many people do it, but this guy, Dr. Daniel Smith, what he does is he takes what he calls a lynx. And what he does is that, that little part of your stomach that looks like a 
you know, a little tube that comes out. That's your esophagus. And he wraps these magnets around it. So now when the food comes down, in theory, the magnets spread so your food goes down, uh. but nothing can come up. So it was not a brutal surgery, but really uncomfortable. And then when I was trying to eat, first first five days sucked because it, it got you right at your sternum. And it felt like someone, it felt like Goldberg spearing you like 10 times in a row. That's what it felt like. And, and you can't breathe as good till the food gets down. You can still breathe, but not as good. So it plays with your mind. Wow. And bottom line is right now the food's going down, but now the second wave comes in. What happens when you have surgery on your shoulders, your knees, your hip? You get scar tissue. Scar tissue, yep. So now that scar tissue is going to form around the links. I have to eat slow, make sure I've gotten enough weight in it, whether it's chicken. I throw a lot of nuts in, whether it's cashews, pistachios, whatever. So the sphincter of the, of the esophagus opens, so the food drops in. So, I mean, it affects your sleep. It affects everything. But so far, eight days in, I can't wait to get to the 28th day because I know I'll be through with this. I can't work out or anything right now. But my gut already being so much healthier, like you don't want to be putting Nexium and Prilosec in your stomach to kill that because it's going to screw with your gut on a different level. And only reason I can really say that I'm experiencing okay. a healthier gut in eight days. So I feel like really good. I want to work out really bad, but you got to go a month. And I'm eight days in of not doing anything. But I'm going to take those jack straps, sitting at a table, and do curls, do military presses, do all the shit that I would do. Again, no weight. I'm not using my core, not until no. I get into a one or a warrior position, but if I'm sitting down, I'm not, there's no weight on me. So nah. it's all me and the blood flow. And Chris, it's really going to blow your mind about this. When you jack them up, your arms, because of, just think of the last two or three reps of yeah, yeah. girls. All right. But at 50, I know you're not going anywhere near as heavy as you did at 35. Oh, no, no. That's, this is, no, not even close. No, it's it's all about reps. It's not. I when I played college football, I did, and I was a strong wide receiver. I could bench press. My one bench press we did because actually had a, I actually got a got a tryout with the Broncos and the Vikings. Actually, they came to they came to the college to, to look at it, look at me, and obviously I was too small and too 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 uh, too slow. So that's all right. But I could bench three hundred thirty five pounds one time. Bam, and I would do reps with two twenty five. No, now. No, no, no. I don't, there's no way I'm going that high, and and I don't need to. So I'm staying right at the lower, low, uh, uh, high, uh, low weight, high reps. So that's what these things are perfect. Yeah, when you use this, because you can do them with your weights too. But I want you, if you're, I'm going to send these to you. I want you to do my workout. I'll do it, and it's going to kick your. If you don't use modifications, which I'm going to encourage, but if you don't. It's going to kick your ass. Well, and 
All veterans, and I want to say this too. You know, everybody does Veterans Day sales, blah, blah, blah. But I do Veterans Day sales for veterans every day. Meaning, like, I don't ever go, like, my app, anybody can get my app and use it for seven days for free. And then they decide whether they want to get it for a month, three months, a year, whatever. Veterans, not just on Veterans Day, but every single day. I never, with my program, go over 30% on anything ever because I know what it's worth and the proof that this is something that is worth you investing in. But for veterans, every single day is 50% off. That's all. And and there's no site, you see it, you know. And I think everyone I talk to from all the different, you know, um, organizations that help veterans, because they're all veterans that are helping veterans, pretty much, the guys who really care, you know, um, they're all like, dude, 50% is like more than fair. I'm like, perfect. That's what we do. So all our DVDs, all our all our app programs, all 50% off, 20, you know, 24-7. Uh, dude, yeah, I- Chris asked it uh, earlier, but we got kind of. I'm, I'm sorry. No, go, no, go ahead. I, I, was there, just, I was just talking about the straps. I know my little, I'm a pretty vernacular guy for all time. I love it because all the veins start to pop. <laughs> oh, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it does. I'm going to send you a picture of me with all the, the tightened down after doing your work. And yeah, we'll get all yeah. the veins popping. It'll look, yeah, that's good. I'm yeah. sorry. You go ahead, man. Hence the brand of DDPY. Jack. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh no, I, I wanted to I wanted to ask you about this. Chris mentioned it earlier, but we got kind of sidetracked into other stuff. Uh there's of course the video of DDPY helping out that paratrooper yeah. Arthur getting his life back together. Very inspirational story. Any update on that guy? I mean, the guy went from barely, you know, he was he was walking around on crutches or was it a cane? And now he's cane. doing things he that you were just out. doing in terms yeah, of stretch. Where he went to, I was 48 years old. Like I, I talked to him all the time. Obviously, my poster boy, you know. You know, the big thing, when he started, he was 5'6", 297, could not walk without knee braces, back brace, and canes. His wife would have to put the sleeves over his legs, put the braces on top of that, sleeves over that, connected to his back brace. So his wife had to dress him 20 minutes every morning. And then give him the cough, sit out and go to the bathroom, right? So bottom line is his only goal back then was to lose 50 pounds. So the VA, because they wouldn't work on his, they wouldn't, you know, operate on his knees. They wouldn't until he got under 250. So that became our goal to be down 50 pounds. And so the first month, because I put him on my healthiest phase three, he lost 32 pounds. The second month, he lost 22. The third, he lost 18. Well, now he's at 72 pounds. And I'm like, so what are you going to do? Are you going to get your knees operated? He goes, you know, I'm going to wait. So all that time, all that video, you see him at the end, who's 140 pounds. Of course, more importantly, he lost a knee brace, and back brace, and canes. Not just to walk, but run. That guy... As far as I'm going to show you guys something because you'll really appreciate this. People won't really be able to see it at home. I'm just going to show a before and after so you can see where he was exactly when this happened. Because when I talk about strength with my program, 
Arthur is a walking example on so many different levels. So this is, let's just put this right here and I'll put it here so you can see. All right, so this is Arthur, all right? Yeah, yeah. Day one, all right? This is, come on, sucker, 10, day, 10 months later, right? Wow. And again, forget about the weight loss. Getting back is flexibility. It's flexibility, yeah. Wow. Look, look at this picture here. Like, Arthur, why, why is uh, your son holding on to you? Because I'll fall. Not anymore. (laughs) Remember what I just did to that guy. (laughs) Now, on his one year anniversary, guys, he's five foot six. He took a picture of his six foot two son. What's he doing right there? That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. He's in point. Yeah. He's in point. And his six foot two son is standing on his back. That's DDPY. That's the strength. Now, the knees are still power trooper knees of over over 500 jumps. And you know, one jump. You don't have to walk away from a jump not hurt. You're always you're going you're, down like yeah. you, you, 10 jumps got Jumps get worse every jump. The best jump you have, everybody will tell you, the best jump you have is your first jump. After that, it gets worse <laughs> every, every time. Um, you know, and that's that's what is amazing, and I think the veterans thing is you're telling is that the knees. You go to the veterans hospital and say you need surgery on this, this, and this. When really all you need to do is just be more healthy. You don't need all those surgeries. You don't need all people cutting in you. It, 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 just well, get healthy, and then you can save save a lot of that excruciating surgery pain that you may not need just because you're 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 out of shape. I'll put it to you, veterans. A lot of you guys are out of shape. That's how it is. Get in shape. And, and, and the bottom line is though. As you get older, that's, you know, you try to put it off as long as you can. Well, he's at a point now where he's put it off as long as he can. As he could. So he needs two new knees now, you know, but now he's also 50, 59 now, you know. So he's got going to get two new knees, get one at a time, and he got to get a hip. And we'll just rehab him again after that. Exactly. You know, that, that's yep. how we'll do it. And, you know, uh, same thing we did with Jake. We put a new hip in Jake. We put a new hip in Razor Ramon. It's if you if you just do the rehab and break up the scar tissue, be the best thing ever. Best thing ever. You can... that, they screw themselves. Yeah, yeah, they they, they do because they can't rehab. Well said, man. Rehab because they're unhealthy enough. I, I when Jake did, I I just I went to one of the greatest movies in the last two years made. The Peanut Butter Falcon, see Jake Snake in that. He did awesome. And and was that when? And I'm assuming that's he's you know looking at that going man he must have his shit together now. I'm assuming during that time frame is when he was starting to get back and get his life back together because he he was tremendous and, and he, he was perfect Jake the Snake, grouchy, angry Jake the Snake playing the bad guy. Oh, perfect guy, perfect for it. I mean, he really did great. He just got a uh, call, um, Bradley Cooper is oh, doing a story about the Yankees and uh, they're uh, they want Jake to uh, play th- Thurman Munson. Oh no. Yeah. So, that's, uh, that's perfect. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What? How's so, he going to uh, do that? Isn't he like six, eight? Is he, is he like six, seven, no, he's six, like, eight here? He said they could shoot around it. That's what he said. Okay. Yeah, for- <laughs> <laughs> Raleigh Finley, I think he was like 
six foot five. He was you know, they could have played him too. But uh, the stories about Munson and uh, I can't remember who Jake explained it to me the other day. You know, right before he, he went in the actually they called him while he was in the hospital. <laughs> uh, but he's way you know he's he's on the mend and hopefully uh, you know <clears throat> when you have that. Um, respiratory thing and you smoke, you know, and yeah. he swears he's done smoking now. Hopefully he will stop smoking. I hope. Yeah, no, that'll be, that'll be great to see, man. And, and it's, it's really a testament to what you do to get him back into fighting shape, man. Um, you know what you promised us before we wrap things up, a good Eric Bischoff story very earlier in the, in the yeah. interview. Uh, let's hear it. So, we're up in, I, I got, remember, I got this nightclub in Fort Myers. And it's a, it's a party capital as far as spring break time, you know, and, you know, I'm doing hot legs there, I'm doing contests, I'm doing bikini contests, wet t shirt contests. And I want to do a search for the diamond doll wherever that they want to do it. And they pick Rochester, Michigan. And, you know, where the, the, the men are men and so are the women. You know, like I didn't, I didn't, these girls were cute, but they weren't like what I was used to in a contest. So uh, I got pretty drunk that night. And at some point, uh, I said to Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond, my guys I was managing, hey guys, I go, I need something. You know, I'm fucked up, and I need I need to sober up. <clears throat> and I was interrupting him and Bischoff, and Bischoff smart mouthed back to me like I don't remember what he said, but then I said something, and he said something, and you know, we and and he not a big guy, but a third degree black belt. He'd been in a ton of fights. He wasn't afraid of nobody. You know, and he thought I was quite the obnoxious one that night. So there was some heat on top of the intoxication. And uh, so, uh, you know, the, the guys separate us. We go get something to eat, get off the elevator. I'm pretty sober now. As I get off the elevator, so does he with the, the office crew and his wife, Lori. And. They're like, D, go to your room. I go to your room. You know, I'm like, I'm walking to my room, and he starts saying, yeah, go to your room, you, you pussy, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Turn around, you know, like, bottom line is I went to my room. He talked shit. I woke up at 8 o'clock in the morning. I catch my plane. It was early. I want to go down. We're on the same floor. I'm going to go down and knock on his door right now, and I'm going to see how tough he is right now. As I'm walking to the door, I hear knock, knock, knock. I think it's the maid, right? I open the door, and it's him. And he's got a leather coat on. And he, since 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 Easy E was 22, his hair has been gray. And he never dyed it ever, except when they wanted him to do modeling. When he, you know, when he came to WCW, he hated Eric, Eric Bischoff was a was a model, right? Prior to all that, were- yes, my, my, I did everything now. He did everything, and whatever it took to make a buck. But and he had a lot <laughs> of great ideas. Obviously, bottom line is he's got that great head of hair, 
and it's down to his shoulders and it's gray, silver, you know? And as I opened the door, before I could say anything, he says, I heard I was a real asshole last night. I said, yes, you were. And I was just on my way down to your room to talk to you. And he said, I saved you the walk. <laughs> and then he says, there's two ways we could handle this. One, you accept my apology and shake my hand. Two, and he pulled his front three teeth out. Remember, I told you, he'd been fighting his whole life. Third degree black belt, fought tournaments everywhere. He pulled his front three teeth out. And he said, or just punch me in the mouth. You do whatever you think, you know, works. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've been running nightclubs since I'm 23. At that time, I'm like 31, 32. I pop i start laughing because like that's tremendous to me i've heard i've thrown more guys out of bars you know physically every way you could throw them out walked them <laughs> them, stretched them you know and they're all going to come back because i got the hottest place so they're going to come back to me being you know with whatever excuse yeah, to get back in so i've heard them all and that's what I said. I said, bro, I've been running nightclubs for the last eight years. I said, everybody always comes back with excuse to me to they can get in the club. I said, that's the greatest comeback ever. I said, I would much rather shake your hand. And I shake his hand and walk away. Now, AWA goes away. And here I am in WCW. Dusty now has me doing color commentating, and I'm managing the Freebirds. And so I'm making pretty decent money, you know, making a living, you know, living the you know, early dream. And Dusty comes off to me and he says, you ever heard of a guy named Eric Bischoff? He said, name sounds familiar, but I don't really remember him. He goes, yeah, he worked for doing the AWA. Uh, this guy heard who was running the company wanted a new face. So they were bringing him in for a tryout. He said, if you like him, help him out. If you don't, just don't, don't, don't help him. So he's really late and it's not his fault. It's because of the weather in Atlanta, right? And um, finally he gets there. And I'm like so happy he's there because I got to get do this and get to Columbus, Georgia, which is 90 minutes away, so I can get to do TV. So when he walks in, he's got that Ken, you know, Barbie and Ken look. They're helping, yeah. And he's got a suit on and a tie. And as he walks in, I go, hey, man, I recognize him immediately. I go, well, man, we got to do this. I'm waiting for you to get here. I go, come on in the back, man. We got to we gotta do this because I got to get TV. So we get done with, with a demo. We do like a six-minute match. So I look at him and I say, how bad do you want this job? He said, bad. He goes, I'm just going to be straight with you. 
you know, I need this job more than anything. I shit the bed in New York when I went and tried for WWE and didn't work out for me. And, you know, I got, I got a son and uh, my wife's pregnant with our second kid. And I really need this job. I said, okay, so how about this? Let me explain to you what Dusty told me. They want you to do play by play. I'll do the color. So let's go back and do it again and give it a work. So about two minutes into the match, he should have been calling a bunch of fucking play by play because I've worked with, you know, with Gordon Soley and Lance Russell and uh, Coach John Heath. I mean, I know how to do play by play and he ain't doing it. So I stop. I go cut for a second, guys. I look at him and I go, you don't know how to do play by play, do you? And he goes, no, I don't. We just do color up there with Vern up at AWA. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Collar and elbow lockup. Pulled him into the headlock. He'll work it for a while there. I'll talk, I'll talk a little bit of shit. Then he'll go up to a top wrist lock. You know, pull him back into a hammer lock. Ooh, big elbow. Tackle, drop down. Heel part. The heel goes to powder. And he gets out of the ring. Then I'll talk there. So we do that. Okay, now next we're going to do this. this. You say this, I'll say that. Then we do it. And then we do it. And after about 20 minutes, really fast study. Like, sure. like he knew what to say, but he didn't, you know? So this just told him all the little things that fit in there. And it came off great. And I said, okay, now let's do it one more time. And let's, put, let's film this one. And Eric goes, hey, hold on a second. He goes, can I? And we're in a room that literally we're sitting on top of each other almost, you know, because we're at the CNN Center. And he says, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He goes, do you remember me? <laughs> I said, yeah, you're the guy I almost got in a fight with in the AWA. He goes, just checking. Just checking. So, yeah. <laughs> And we would end up buying homes from Dusty Rhodes' wife. And she didn't, Atlanta is so big. She hadn't been here that long. And she hadn't been in real estate that long. So she didn't realize that she sold us houses on the same street <laughs> on the other side of the hill. So one day I go, bro, I go, I got a house. He goes, so did I. I go, get out of here. I go, where are you? Mableton. I'm like, fuck you. He goes, what do you mean, fuck you? I go, I'm in Mableton. He goes, get out of here. What street? Shannon Green. He goes, fuck you. I go, what do you fuck you? I'm on Shannon Green. I go, what number? 178. I go, I'm 175. <laughs> and we would ride together because I'm doing color with him. And, you know, we go and do, and he hates going to rural places like Alabama and shit, you know. He, uh, he, you know, he was a Detroit boy, you know, living in Minneapolis. But he's really a, he's really just a fucking country boy. Um, but um, there was one point in time, the day I told him, they just let me go from doing managing. And I'm going down the power plant. He was like, what? What the fuck? Are you out of your mind? You're 35 and a half years old. Your body will never be able to take it. 
I go, nah, I, I think I can do it, man. I really do. I really think I, I think it's my destiny. And he would go, you're fucking crazy, blah, blah, blah. So now I'm wrestling. I'm at the bottom of the card. We still drive together to the towns because he's got to go there and do stuff as well. And one day he's bitching about Bill Watts, who I love today. Back then, I wasn't so crazy about him. But I'm a big cowboy fan now. I love, I love Bill Watts. But back then, Bishop hated him. And he was like, I'm going to take that son of a bitch job, run this company. And I'm like, are you fucking crazy? What the fuck makes you think you could ever do that? And he mentioned some things that he was putting together back in the AWA. It didn't materialize. But to hear him talk about it, like he could see it. And Bish and I were very similar in the ways that – we could see the future, at least our future. And nobody else had to believe it as long as we did. And when you think of a picture of me and him, which I'll show you guys, uh, this is, see the one right there in the Learjet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, so that moment to me, was you, do you remember the movie Big with Tom Hanks? Yeah. Tom Hanks? Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, his buddy, his 11-year-old buddy, comes to see him at work. And and they're like, they're two little kids, kids. and he's running his big company. And I just felt like, here we are, two guys from the AWA in a pull-apart fight, living across the street with each, from each other, uh, best friends. And, I mean, I would listen to him tell me, we're going to be the number one wrestling company in the world, that we're going to freaking knock Vince out. And I'd be thinking, what the fuck is he smoking? <laughs> I, like, I knew what I was going to do. You know, even though people didn't believe it, I believed it. You know, and, and for Bill, he was the same way. And I'll tell you what I, who I'm, uh, you guys would be the first I really talk about this with. There's another guy who had those, there's a lot of guys that have those visionary things, and no one can tell them they're wrong. They can tell them they're wrong, but, but they they're not going to believe them. And the guy's name is, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> so because of my buddy, the Green Beret, Roman Rosal, who's now training to be a wrestler at 35, Roman also, it used to be Randy Couture, who was the oldest walk-on yep. to a D1 school. Roman did it a year after him. And... He now he's working with us while he's training. Uh, Rudy loved Roman. They became friends. He sent him his, the disabled veteran video of Arthur. Rudy called Roman up. Oh, my God. I have to do this. I'm 72 years old. I have. This is exactly what I'm looking for. This could get me back on track. Wow. Bottom line is he calls me and tells me that. I get on the phone with Rudy 
Four days later, me and Steve Yu are in Vegas hanging with Rudy for four days and teaching him how to eat proper food, real food, doing two workouts a day, every day from my Stand Strong series, which is from the DDPY Rebuild series, which that part, people, is, it's, a, it's the excuse eliminator. You got three, you, you, you've got, you can't get out of bed. Well, I got three workouts for you that help you get out of bed. Yeah. And then share with my chair force workouts. I got 10 of them there. And then you get up and you use the chair to build balance, great mobility, to build strength, to get back the confidence you used to have before you started falling apart. Well, that's where Rudy's at right now. And that's he's good. doing so well that Steve's going back to film him, and then he's coming here to stay with me for a week. And over that week, I will have Mark Merrow. I don't know if you guys follow Mark uh, Merrow or not. But yeah, yeah, of course. I don't, not, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what, what, what was his name he went Johnny to Bad. Johnny? Yes, and I remember Sable. I remember Sable. Sable yeah. I know Sable. Yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> Mark Merrow is one of the greatest speakers, especially when it comes to kids. Just look up on YouTube, A Mother's Love and Mark Merrow, and that's M-A-R-C-M-E-R-O, A Mother's Love. We filmed it, and Steve, it's got over, if you take all the people who have taken it and put it on gold cast and all the, over a half a billion views, just like Arthur. So Mark Merrow will be here, and The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase with his wife, Michelle, they're all coming in for like a week. And I got it staggered so that they get to see each other for a couple of days and then someone else. And, and But everybody gets to see Rudy because Rudy, when you, everybody loves the movie, but when you really think about that, they made a movie and, and just, if you're someone listening and you're, you're, you're a studio or someone's going to invest in the movie, here's the premise. He's from Pittsburgh. He's family steel worker. Yeah. Got ADD, dyslexia. Can't really read. Has no grades. Graduates third from the bottom of his class. He wants to go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Somehow he gets to be at Notre Dame at five foot six and 160 pounds. Plays on the practice squad. He gets one, two plays. One where on a kickoff. The next one is one play that he's on. Go, stay in, stay in. And he sacks the quarterback. We're going to make a movie about <laughs> plays? No. What you're going to make a movie about is the journey and how it took to get there. And when I realized there's another documentary on uh, Amazon Prime right now called Rudy Rudiger, The Walk-On. And the first part is getting into Notre Dame and the play and everything starts out with, the, you know, with the sack. And then it goes to now I'm going to make this a movie. Him playing on Notre Dame's football team and having one sack was way more doable than him ever turning it into a movie. But he did it. Like that's a guy like I feel like I'm talking to myself when I'm talking to Rudy. 
in a lot of different aspects. And he is one of the, I, I love him. I already consider like, what am I cl close? I talk to him every day and it'll be like that for the rest of my life. And we're bringing him in here. He needs to drop 50 pounds. He needs to create more mobility. I was really shocked. His flexibility was pretty good, but he had just no wind, no nothing in the tank, but he's working it and he's pulling a Rudy. And when you're a Rudy or you're a fucking Ranger or a SEAL or a Beret, like you have, you have that work ethic. If you're an NFL player, if you ever got to play in the NFL or the NBA, you have that something. You have that work ethic. All you got to do is spark it again. And it maybe it doesn't come back exactly the way it was, but it comes back. It comes and back. It, it definitely comes back. You have that this, uh, intestinal, Dude, that's, intestinal fortitude. That's what you call it, intestinal fortitude. You have the ability to come back. Or you're like me, or just you just know, don't ever stop because <laughs> I don't want to try to bring it back. Just, just keep that flame going a little bit. It may die out a little bit, but don't let it go out because trying to crawl back into it after the flame goes out is so much harder than just maintaining it. And yeah. yeah, that's why I can't wait for those Bravo Fox. No, I, I even know that from a smaller. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, from from even just a, a smaller standpoint, no, it's fine. We're we're having a delay for the for the listeners, so that's why we're a little bit on top of each other. But no, I even see it myself. I've always heard the quote, you know, seven days away from the gym makes one week. Uh, all that stuff is true, man. It is always harder to get back once you're on track with something. You know, it's it's a lot more smooth sailing from there. And I think that's an awesome way to end it because we talk a lot about inspiration, and, and that's as inspirational as it gets. And and people that are inspired by guys like Rudy. Even they fall off track at some point and have to get that flame back as you're talking about. So uh, ddpyoga.com, at Diamond Dallas Page on Instagram, at RealDDP on Twitter. I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff here, man, and glad to see uh, you back in, you know, getting back into tip-top shape after the hospital visit you just had. And then the last time I spoke to you on the phone when I booked this, you getting over COVID, you, you were unstoppable, man. <laughs> And that's and hence the new shirt we got. How is this shirt? Yeah, unstoppable, unstoppable, unstoppable. That's so cool. The real Rudy too. And you said the Rudy initially, like he's not talking about the real Rudy. Rudy Rudy. I always say it wrong. Rudiger, Rudiger. Is that you say the last name? Like holy shit, you're it's the real Rudy. Is that that's going to be a great video. You get it, pop it, send it to us so we can pop it out there. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah, man, it's uh. It's going to be a great video with him. You know, our whole thing is, like, what we do is inspire people. That's what we do. And we try to guide them. Like, it, it took us eight years to be an overnight success. With the last eight years, we never think about it. We never think about the money. We think about the 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 um, the buzz. We think about the the changing of people's lives. Because it just becomes, it just becomes, you know, karma. It just, you can't, there's nothing more valuable than great karma. Nothing. True. True. Well, well said, man. And I'm well, not, said, it was, man. well thanks Dallas. so much for doing this, Dallas. Yeah, you're the man, brother. Thanks again. And I can't wait for those bands. I'm, I'm going to send you the videos, I swear. And I got your workout app on my phone. I just got to get it logged in. I got to get it. Now, what we're going to get it done. 
Do me a favor. Send me when you uh, yeah, send me Chris's info. Okay. Yeah. We'll and go. phone number, all that kind of stuff. And I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Man, I, I have to say, great interview with Dallas. He had a lot to get into. But the, the thing that really stands out to me, man, is it is hard to believe that guy's 64 years old with all that his body's been through. Yeah. I mean, even when he lifted his shirt, you know, the guy's been through all these surgeries. But just his energy, I mean, when I think of a 64-year-old man, I do not think of that. No, it's it's uh, it's good to see. And, and it's also with the information that he gave, having a healthy gut, me having you know, ulcerative colitis slash Crohn's disease and all. It, it is hard on you if you don't have a healthy gut talking about that and how getting that gut is first and foremost to being healthy because you get more energy. Uh, I think that's what, what was so hard. I, I remember when I first had my, my flare, my, I first knew about a flare up. I, I didn't realize I had colitis for many, many years uh, or Crohn's disease for many years. And uh, guys, the reason I say both is because the doctors still have no idea which one it is. I, even after all these years, they well, it could be this, it could be this, depending on where all the inflammation is. But I remember I, I could road march like a son of a bitch. I could just run and run, run and and I remember doing our our expert infantryman badge uh, road march to get my EIB, a little little rifle you have in your uniform. And I remember doing a twelve miler and had to do it in three hours, which really at that time being a ranger and being a it was it wasn't that hard. And I remember going through it and just barely making it. I'd never barely made it. I always could do it almost in two hours and 30 minutes, you know, because I, I could run it. And realizing at that time, I went to the doctor and said, holy shit, you've got Crohn's disease. You're having a flare up. Well, all that does, that gut doesn't allow that all those foods that you're getting in your system doesn't allow it to process, which is why I was struggling that day. And which is when I started to find out that I actually had some serious problems. So him talking about how important healthy gut is, is is something that that as uh, unless you're into fitness like you are in or you're a trainer you really don't pay attention to that because you just assume well i'm tired i must just need more sleep i'm working out too hard oh sometimes it's your it's right here and you have to get that healthy i I, that was what i took away aside from all the great stories he did he has some awesome stories but but (laughs) eric bischoff yeah yeah that's what i took away as being in the fitness world the most important is it all starts to me, a mental attitude and test of fortitude never quit. But physically, if your gut isn't working correctly, you're always going to have that fatigue. It's all, you're never going to have that energy that you need to take to this level. So that's always, that's why I think the DDPY and what he's talking about with, uh, with also things possibly going down the road as you get older to improve your, your digestion, um, will, will continue to keep you, you know, add longevity to your, to your life, let you be more active. So. I love talking about that because you don't hear that very often. Yeah, and and I think, look, this is starting to change a little bit in America, but I think a lot of it has to go with just um, growing up here. The same way we talk about the media and how the media feeds us a lot of nonsense. Well, look at the commercials in the media. I mean, and and look at, I'm sure you were the same way. Like, I feel like all of us grew up eating McDonald's, eating a lot of crap that was bad for us, not even really knowing it was that bad for us. I don't think like my parents were aware of what trans fats were. And, you know, look, I'll eat that stuff every once in a while. I'm not going to tell you I'm on a hundred percent clean diet, but I realize when I'm eating that stuff, it's not good for you. And yeah, a lot of us, that's what we were eating, like three meals a day and, you know, watching the news. And, and then what are the other commercials for, for, you know, beer. And if that's what your diet is, yeah, it's kind of a recipe for disaster. You know, and, and well, nowadays too, I also say I think we could get away with it when we were younger. 
because we weren't as sedentary. We didn't have all the social media. We were actually outside being active and playing. I remember growing up, yeah. I didn't sit around and play video games. I As they started to progress and you got the Nintendo 64s and stuff, as I got older, I'd play more. But as a kid, a youngster, yeah, we, we'd, we'd ate whatever we ate, but we were always outside playing. We're, we don't, you don't really see that as much anymore because of the other things kids can do. Like my five-year-old right now, we're taking him out, but what has he been doing all morning? He, he gets homeschooled, but then he's on the iPad, playing the iPad this morning where, you know, when I was five, I'd be running around the house. So we, we have to, our, the world has changed. So we need to change the way we, we act and we eat and what we put in our bodies because we aren't as a society as active as we were in the past. and even. Before me, my mom and dad's generation were even more active, and even so, you know, you're right, Ian. We we it's changed a bunch because so it's because of the way we are, society is, and what we have at our disposal. But so we have to change that like and kind of what we put in our body, what we're eating all the time. But I'm the same as you. Yeah, I do believe me. I love McDonald's fries every once. Well, those things are the best. <laughs> McDonald's fries and it, and it just and a and a McDonald's hamburger. Of course, I do every once in a while. But you can't do that all the time possible yeah exactly i think it's all about the balance and and everything you're saying is true the only i guess the only thing i could you know maybe caveat that with is during the whole quarantine situation i am seeing more people going out for runs more people going out biking i think they're finding that and then even the people stuck indoors you're seeing people getting to peloton probably getting to yeah. ddpy and you know um at least by me, gyms have finally opened up again. I was I was actually like benching a decent amount again yesterday. I was like, okay, this is all coming back. It, you know, it, it sucked being away that long, but yeah. you really do miss it. And I realized like I, I need that in my life. I really do. It's such a fundamental part of my life. And and I know actually Chris sees it at times where you're like, you've told me, you're like, you seem a little angry today. What's yeah, what's going on? Going on? Working out. And then it's probably because I'm not, you know, I wasn't as much. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. You're right, brother. Yeah. And we've said that on multiple shows before the COVID thing all kicked off. Is then I say that's like, man, we're seeing this is actually a good thing because we're seeing more people being active and getting out and getting off their computers and getting out and walking and playing with their kids. So, yeah, you're right. I, I, I agree with that. So now people need to maintain that now that we're starting to starting to wind down or we're accepting what's going on or, or whatever you want to call it. I still like the old normal. I don't like saying the new normal. Normal's normal. We, we all do. Yeah. But yeah, but people don't revert back to going back into your house and becoming sedentary. again. Whatever good habits you had over no, the last yeah. six months or and five months, whatever it has been. Maintain those, good, months so, six yeah. months, maintain those good habits. And then when you're Diamond Dallas Page's age, you're 63, you can stand on one leg and pull your damn ankle back of your head <laughs> yeah which i can't do but it's it's incredible man um i we did have an email that was a bit of a correction for you yeah, i guess yeah uh, but it, it, it was a good it. one from yeah and i told you about this one prior so uh but from one of our listeners in canada which it is cool that we have canadian listeners i mean I look at the stats we have listeners in canada and australia uh israel we have listeners pretty much everywhere u.s guys are deployed whether it's germany japan iraq afghanistan i mean i look we're everywhere it's pretty cool great um so this is from dave hello chris's comments about primers made in china virtually sent to chill up my spine not just for the implications for the safety of the free world 
but for quality assurance in my own reloading. I was happy to see that the three brands of primer in my own personal inventory were all made in the USA. That's awesome. Uh, the recent Guns and Ammo article linked, and he does send the article, uh, linked below, references a shortage of primers and lists the four companies that make them in the U.S., and the mentions that internationally are made are in uh, Italy, the Philippines, Czech Republic, and Russia. No mention of China. I don't mean this as a gotcha, and he puts gotcha in quotes, <laughs> but it would be good if Chris could clarify. Yeah, Maybe someone gave him the wrong information. Yeah, and clarify. Actually, yeah, I, 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 being with the ammo company, I talked to the guys there at Fort Scott, and here we, here's what we got. So I already did my push-ups for you. I did 20 push-ups and one for the Airborne Rangers guy. So it's, and it's a, and that's a, gotcha's a good, I, I love it. You guys check in, making sure powder, portions of the powder is made in China, but also other pieces of the primers are made outside of the U.S., whether it be Switzerland, but you're right on Russia is another one, South America, in particular Brazil. Um, so to say that a primer is made here in the U.S., like from scratch, all start to finish, I don't know if that's correct either. But to say, yeah, you're right. As far as everything coming from China, powder if a company uses it. But in 2013, uh, who was president? 2013. <laughs> who was the president? 2000. Oh, it's funny. I'm that. Yeah, Obama. Well, I just think too. it was. It was before. And then before Obama, they did do some trade restrictions with China that limited the amount of firearms. GWB. GWB. Uh, firearms or anything <laughs> pertaining to a firearm uh, coming from China. It was. It was a trade restriction. So actually, I did some of my due diligence, but. Uh, Yes. But the biggest thing is is what I think people need to get out of it. And I think Guns and Ammo, because I read the article, and Guns and Ammo is going to be friendly to the size that's friendly to them, um, is that you, they didn't really get the hit where most of the stuff still, though, is made outside of the continental United States, where we need to bring manufacturing back here. If there's anything, and, and I'm not going around about saying I'm still right, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not right at all. But what I'm saying is that we get to, we need to come back, and I've been saying this for I don't know how many years. I used to say it on Fox all the time, even on CNN, even on Russia TV when I was on Russia RT TV. Is that we need? To Why back. did you ever go and on I, there? That's the one fun. thing I will break it the ball. So, but it was so I, I would fun. go on anywhere, but not there. You know what? Because I because they just any place that let me talk that like didn't interrupt me when I was talking, like Bill O'Reilly hated Bill O'Reilly's show because I couldn't say anything. But Rush TV was like, he asked me the question, and I would say it. And then they would put out exactly what I say. <laughs> and, and, but anyway, I, I did that a few. But anyway, anyway <laughs> what I would always say is that we need to <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that on another show. But um, we, we need to bring back all the manufacturing to U.S.-made stuff we, where it's not being made outside of the United States. Then when this happens again, we're not relying on other countries shipping stuff in, which we have restrictions on because of not just trade restrictions with countries that we don't like or we don't get along with, but because of a pandemic like this. So, uh, and also the shortage is because people panic for the zombie apocalypse. So we got to kind of blame it on ourselves for the shortage, but it's getting back. And actually I talked to the guys at Fort Scott. Luckily I, I can call a president of a, of an ammo company and say, Hey dude, what's going on? Uh, talking to those guys at Fort Scott, it's coming back around just like the toilet paper starting to come back on the shelves and the wet wipes. But, um, you're right and because it is a gotcha i do love it and that's a good positive gotcha um let's <laughs> send in your your t-shirt size we'll get you a t-shirt out brother i think anytime i think maybe we start doing that i'd be cool if we ever do something that's completely blatantly wrong i got no problem saying hey you got us here's here and it's fine saying that everyone say what's your t-shirt size and get you a t-shirt out if, if that's cool with you ian you're you're it's your partnership yeah that, uh, hey 
that, I think that's yeah, awesome. that works for me, man. Yeah. I, I'll I'll email him back. You know what I think? I also have a, a. So when Luke Ryan came in, he gave me like a whole bunch of books, and he he said, "Hey, if anybody comes in studio, but we don't invent, you know, we're not in studio." So I probably have like a good fifteen Luke Ryan. Oh, books. Maybe I could send him one of those yeah. as well. Bro, read Luke's book, man, Ranger Buddy, and yeah, heck yeah. I mean, that's you you got those, so. You're in control of that. You're in control of that that show. But I was yeah. I can do. I'll give him an option. I'll say if you want a Luke Ryan book or a T-shirt, we'll do. And if it's a T-shirt, I'll send it over then to you t- since your wife takes care of yes, all that. And then we'll then we'll mail we'll mail them out to to uh, to them. Just I just need the information and the books. Why don't we do this? If you got 15 books, you you're gonna have to mail them out. But for the first, however, yeah, I can have left first 15 people that email us with the book. I have a whole bunch. Yeah, email us with the book. Send them a book. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you have a good email, I, I should say if it's a good email, you know, uh, a good question for the show. Don't just email. Hey, me. Get, it's your, your show, um, brother. I agree with that. I completely agree. I, I just think it's, yeah, battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. You know, because I always think of this and it's, I love them. So it's me kind of uh, friendly joking with them. But I remember when Tom and Dineen Borelli would fill in for Wilkow, they would always say, uh, they would go, call in just to say hi. And me and Mike are like, no, that is not good radio. No one wants to hear you calling to say hi. <laughs> um, but this, this was a fun one, man. And uh, very, uh, as I said, inspirational. Um, and we'll answer any questions you have for the show. So battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. Wrapping things up, Fort Scott Munitions, as you were just speaking of, great company. They are a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. They keep us doing what we do. And this uh, ammunition is designed to tumble upon impact. That is their trademark in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. It was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. But it was then found that not only did it outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it also quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. And you go to their Instagram, you'll see a guy's hunting hogs, all different types of stuff with Fort Scott and doing great stuff. So, uh, yeah, check it out with the ammunition being CNC spun. The tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. Thanks again to everybody who was a part of this show. Uh, Ned, as well. Check out the Sleep uh, Blend. And uh, Hero Soap, of course, doing great things. And uh, also partnered with uh, 13 Hours Foundation, gave some great donations that are helping guys out, I know. Uh, we actually, a uh, big 14th hour push right now. We we are partnered with a group in Alabama that's helping veterans out because of the, the recent um, hurricane and the flooding that went through in Alabama. So um, if you've got the newsletter from 14th hour, uh, please, you know, look at it. Uh, we, we do have have veterans out in Alabama right now that are that are displaced because of the flooding because of the hurt I think it was Hurricane Sally that came through last week so um yeah any any donations help there and it's going all of it 100% goes directly to to help those uh and when I do when I say that I mean that guys I don't mean 100% plus plus my 25% for my salary no I, I don't take salary my wife doesn't take salary we don't do any of that 
And if we can keep the expenses low where there's not a lot of travel, which we do in this case, we, we you know, because we don't need to travel, we're just sending the money to get disseminated by a foundation that's that us in Alabama. Um, it's all going to them, guys. So uh, please. And I know a lot of people have already donated, but yeah, it, it's going to help those veterans that are and first responders and law enforcement that are displaced because of the hurricane. I've been a little out of the loop on it, I guess, because um, I, I now that you mentioned it, I mean, I heard a little bit, but did, did it affect guys? You know, like Jeremy, I know Jeremy's an Jeremy's out. fine. He, he had some trees down, um, but we had one of the actually were the uh, group in Alabama contacted me at 14th hour. Uh, one of the soldiers from the movie 12 Strong, one of the SF guys. If you've seen the movie 12 Strong mm-hmm. or read the book, he was the. I know of the book and, and I didn't see the movie. It was actually yeah. pretty good. It was with Thor, the guy that played the lead character. Chris Hemsworth was the lead character in it. Um, actually, the guy that, the real guy, actually speaks along with the same bureau that I do, Kepler Speakers Bureau. We did a tremendous uh, public speaking. Oh, nice. Well. But um, one of his soldiers there was displaced. And that's how I found about it, because they contacted me and said, hey, you know this 12 Strong, this guy? Well, he's his house has been destroyed, and right now he uh, he needs help. And and that's like, well, what are they doing? Well, actually, we're at Walmart right now. The group called me and said, we're at Walmart buying water and stuff like that for him. Can you, you know, can you help us? Like, yeah, well, <laughs> you're out there just physically out there buying water at a Walmart right now for all the veterans. And that's when, again, my wife's the brains of the operation. So I said, contact 14th hour. We'll get you, <laughs> we'll get you five grand right off the bat out there. And that's what we did. So we wrote him a five grand check and shot out there. And if they need more help, you know, that's when we said, well, you know what? We need to probably put a newsletter out because this could deplete the funds pretty quick. And, um, and uh, so we sent an, uh, a letter out. People have been donating and that money is going to help them. Plus, we also had uh, had a, an army sergeant, army sergeant that needed the rent paid for this last month. And we had another one that uh, what happened to her. She she there was something where she had not a car payment, but it was a bill. I, I'm sorry. I can't remember off the top of my head where she had needed a bill paid. So you know, not only on top of that, are we sending money to them, but we also still have the individuals. Uh, it's just individual requests that come in and, and, um, yeah, I guys, 14th hours, it does what it's supposed to be doing. I know I don't promote it a ton, um, because I, it just, honestly, it's, it feels kind of hypocritical for me out there advertising a foundation. I never got, got with that, but the money does go to good people and people are doing that word of mouth organically. They're finding out about it and, and it's, it's been great. So we've been helping a lot of people out there and other foundations. Yeah, money. that's awesome, man. Yeah, and thanks to Hero Soap for yeah. uh, for giving some yeah. of their profits over to yep. you guys. And uh, you know, since we're on the topic of it, I just figured an update. I didn't mention it uh, since I mentioned what actually happened to Army Ranger Dave Park. He seems to be doing fine, man. I know he's back in action doing the uh, live stream with Jack Murphy. So I just figured I'd give you guys an update on that. I mean, uh, what happened to him is horrendous, and I do I absolutely hope they find the piece of shit who did that. I mean, you know, it's subhuman guy who, who basically I think tried to murder him, you know, on the subway. Um, but Dave's, Dave's a super strong guy and he's, he's doing fine. He's just, so. and that's good you know, testament, but also just a, uh, check, a wake up call for everybody out there. No matter how training you have, how badass you are. Sometimes you just caught off guard. It's just your best defense. And actually at this vehicle defense course we had in Los Angeles, in, in Los Angeles, <laughs> in Louisiana, in Louisiana, that was the first thing I tell guys, like the worst thing you can do is get in the fight. The best defense that you have is your situational awareness. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what Sun Tzu said, but it's true. The best fight won is one that's never had to be fought. And I know that's not exactly, but that's so being getting out of a situation before the situation arises, it rises is the best way to keep yourself out of trouble. And, and it doesn't matter how, how sometimes you just caught off guard. You just caught, sometimes you, you're not paying attention and this happens, which is, which is from what I understand, Ian, is, is what happened to Ranger Park uh, in, in on the, was on the subway, wasn't he? Wasn't he actually on the train? Yeah, I mean, he was just reading a just book. reading a book. Head, by himself reading yeah, a book. Yeah, head down, reading a book, and that's all it takes. You know, an easy target. That's why I always say pick your head up every once in a while. Look up, look around, yeah. be a hard target, make them think. And you know what part of it is, man? Up until recently, you know, regardless of what people think, New York, the subways were a pretty yeah. safe place. Yeah. There was not a whole lot that would go on. Right now, it's just not a good time. So, um, but yeah, no, he, he I'm, I'm just glad to see that, that he's doing well and that he's recovering and all that. Uh, yeah, I think that that about wraps everything up, man. I'm, I'm glad to see just people listening and getting great feedback on all these episodes. Glad to see you back. I know that, uh, Next week you're going to be out. Next though, week, right? yeah, the uh, out teaching a course in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, um, private private rapistol carving course in Lake Geneva. This time of year, you know, it's something that just popped up on the schedule. It's not an open enrollment course because it is for a private group. But man, if you haven't been to Wisconsin in the fall, beautiful. Just like being up in Northern Virginia or up on the up in that area in the fall, just the leaves changing and Lake Geneva is gorgeous. If you ever want a vacation spot that's kind of a hidden gem? Go to the Grand Geneva Resort. Go to Lake Geneva. It's just, uh, it's just except well in the winter, <laughs> you want to go be go cold. But the spring and the fall is just gorgeous up there. So I was blessed, man. One day cold. Yeah, and, and from what I know, Wisconsin is uh, relatively open, so it'll probably be you know back to normal there for the most. Part. It is. Yeah, it is. The uh, Midwest is opening back up. In fact, we've had our public schools started to open up. Our private schools have been open since since school started. My son's been going to school. Uh, since we since the beginning of of the year and no issues and he's actually played football they had they this is his fourth game tonight and um so things in the midwest are pretty much getting back to back to normal and i have my i'll wear my old normal t-shirt getting back to the old normal but you know i think the rest of the you have a t-shirt that says old I have normal a, a ranger buddy of mine that owns a bar in which in washington which he's suffering right now because their governor is basically and washington is is a mess but small businesses are just suffering. He has a shirt. And he's a Ranger buddy. My name Jeff Lizenby. He was actually on my team in Blackwater when we were in Iraq. Ranger mentality. I got to be a smart ass. I got to poke the bear. He gave <laughs> me a shirt because he was at my Louisiana course. Went through the course with us. And it says old normal. I'm going to wear it because I think it's awesome. Man. And if it starts, you know, I, I, I don't know why it would offend somebody. But God damn it. Because no. offended for every damn thing but it's cool and it's a it's what i would expect a ranger buddy of mine to make for his bar and um like that he's he's struggling right now because you know they, they have so many rules and restrictions they were able to open up but it's like it's like you can have three people in your bar or something and so he's just yeah and you can't you can't survive like yeah that, he's just scraping sure. by but i'll see if, if you want one brother jeff he's a buddy of mine and he was a tremendous <laughs> operator in in iraq with me in 04 and 05 and just a great guy so um i'll get you one dude i love the old normal i'm an old cool. i'm an old fart dude I, i'm not gonna go with this new normal hashtag bullshit i'm old normal that's just what i like that's just me 
We'll, uh, we'll hopefully get him on. You know, we have so many people that we both need to get on. And it's just because of the fact that this is once a week. Uh, can't get everybody. No, we'll have Leo Jenkins on soon. Yeah, awesome. um, but anyway, I'm going to end up rambling about a million things here. So it's probably about time we wrap it yeah. up. Anything else on your No, end? no, no. I'm going to already rambled enough. We get, we're good. Rambling's good. Thank you, everybody that's listening out there. God bless y'all. Keep, keep, keep finding, keep, keep moving forward. You're going to succeed. Just don't quit. Don't quit on yourselves or your family or anybody else. Keep grinding, guys. That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. <laughs>